Thank you. Oh, good morning. It's really nice to be here this morning. Um, and so we are continuing our series on Paul's letter to the Philippians, as Duncan already mentioned. And I just think it's brought so much encouragement already over the weeks that we have been going through this letter. And it's been great. Unfortunately, today is the final part. I'm going to be covering verses 10 to 13 from Philippians 4, and then Salmon will end from the rest of Philippians 4. So if you have been here a while, you'll know that every so often we have someone come and read this passage in a different language. So I was very quick to nominate my husband. <laughs> He's going to come down and read in Chi, representing Ghana. So if you've got a microphone, oh, thanks. Menije wo iradimuse afedia mwachre odo a modedo me eno kresa modo media nansun munya hukwai interesa mekansa semi chirese inham let me repeat that again mekansa semi chirese inham efise mesia hu inti tibia biara a mekomuno en haume minim ohia nim ahunya Monsieur sa hinta semi inti babi biara ne beri biara se kom deme ana mame se me wo bibri ana kakra me bino me peno sa ara ahoden a Christo de mame no inti mitimi jina ti bia biara ano amen amen thank you madam okay so for the rest of us in english so this is the NLT version, and I'll read from verse 10, which reads, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. This is a small but mighty passage. And Paul here, he's in prison, he's writing this letter, and he is so joyful. And when you think about it, He's in prison. It just doesn't seem like a place to have all of this joy and just be so grateful for the situation that you're in. But Epaphroditus, a member of the Philippian church, has visited Paul and he didn't come empty-handed. He came with a financial gift and Paul is just so grateful for the church's generosity and their continued thoughts for him in where he is in this time. So Paul goes on to explain that he's actually not really in need. He's experiencing troubles, and it looks like he's in need, but Paul says, no, I was never in need. And why is that? For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Paul says it does not matter if he has nothing. It does not matter if his stomach is empty. It does not matter if he has very little. He will always be content because of the secret that he's learned. And that secret is his relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And he says this in verse 13. He says, he can do everything because he draws his strength from Jesus. And so that's the main point that I want to share with you today. And that is to learn to depend on Christ for your strength. Quick question, how many people here could do with a little bit more money in their bank account right now? Yeah, just, just a bit of extra cash, yeah. And if you're anything like me, you'll know exactly what you'll spend it on. <laughs> I'll tell you mine. To be honest, I really want a massive four-bedroom house. London, northwest London. I'm not too picky. It's got to it's gotta have a garden, even though I'm not an outdoorsy person, but it's for the annual barbecue, you know? I want to invite everyone round. But it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to tell you about the colours of the rooms, but clearly I need more than just a little bit of extra cash for that. I need a, I need a whole windfall, especially in summer. Um, but I find it so easy to dream about what I would do if I had just a bit more. But what I find interesting is not many people tell me that actually I've got enough. <laughs> Everything that I have right now, it's, it's, it's enough for me. And I think it kind of makes sense in this economy. Many people, they're really struggling. Families are struggling to feed their kids. And as many people here will know, food banks are so overwhelmed with demand and people can't afford basic needs. Things are just really, really hard at the moment. But there are also many people that are not in that situation and they do have enough to afford their basic needs. But then they get new needs and those needs get a little bit bigger and a little bit more expensive. <laughs> so I don't need a four bedroom house, especially not for just the two of us. <laughs> but to be honest, sometimes I feel like I do need it, especially in this society that we live in at the minute. Every TV advert, every social media post and billboard, it's, they're trying to get us to spend more money, usually on things we don't actually need. And I don't know what you imagine you would spend the extra cash on, but, but really, a lot of the things are not actual needs. And when you get the thing that you imagined, you realize it's not enough and you're already thinking about what else that you want. We're, we're just rarely content in this world, especially financially. But Paul says he has learned the secret of being content with nothing, but also with everything. He was content with what he had, which at this time actually wasn't that much. In verse 14, he even goes on to say that he was in difficulty, he had troubles. And Paul says, your gift is a great help, but he did not need it. He would have been just as content without it. So what does being content mean to you? I used to run Cat Money Courses. If you don't know, it's an organization that works with churches to help run financial courses for people that want to learn about money and managing their money. And there was this section in the course where we would stop and we would talk about ways to be content with what you have at the moment. And it was almost always the most heartwarming part of these sessions because people would come up with all of the different things that they did that just didn't cost them anything at all. And so there were things like people would go out for walks in their local park. They would just catch up with friends and family because that doesn't cost you anything. And for the Christian attendees, it was like reading their Bible and finding contentment in the, work of, in the word of God. So I think this is a, a great activity to just think about because so often we try and find contentment 
from what we can spend our money on or how we can advance in our careers or the power that we have. Maybe you've tried to find it in the relationships that you've had with other people or in the way that you look, for example. But when Paul says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, it is a reminder to put a lower value on these worldly things and a higher value on our relationship with Jesus. We should look to making Christ the source of our contentment. Nothing else is going to come close to the contentment that we get from knowing him and knowing who he is and looking to him for the strength that we need because everything else is just going to fail. If you have spoken to me at all this year, you'll know that I'm usually complaining about how hard things are at work. Uh, in between the uncertainty of redundancies and regular changes in the work that we're supposed to be doing, it's just been a difficult year and I feel like I haven't achieved anything. Which, if you're an overachiever like me, it's, it's not okay. <laughs> but I was actually really surprised by how much this affected my mental health. And I didn't realise that work could have such an impact in your life. I actually spoke to a therapist about it not too long ago, um, and I was telling her about how like, I'm just really trying to push myself to grow at work and grow in my career, and I'm trying to do all these things and achieve these different things, and I have all these plans, but I just feel so sad, and I've been crying more than I've ever thought I would, and just been so distraught. And I remember she was asking me lots of questions to try and, I guess, get to the root of what was going on. And she, at one point, just responded by saying, it seems like you place too much value in your achievements and trying to prove yourself to other people. And I don't know if you've ever had someone just tell you something so matter-of-factly, because I was like, huh. Like, oh, that had just not occurred to me before. I just managed to put my work on this pedestal and I was trying to look at that to give me the contentment that I needed, but it never came. I would achieve a goal and I would immediately be looking to achieve the next thing. And when I couldn't reach it, it really affected me. So what is the source of your contentment? Is it in Jesus, like Paul, or are you focused on something else like I was? Paul found his strength in Jesus Christ and he learned to be content in every situation. We should learn that too. We need to invest time in our relationship with Jesus through his word and keep reminding ourselves of this truth. We need to learn the same way that Paul learned by developing and growing our own personal relationship with Jesus. And I was thinking about some practical ways of doing this and I think this looks like prioritizing time with God in our everyday busyness of lives. We want to develop our relationship with him to be so strong that we will always be content in him and we will always find our strength with him. So here are some examples. But the main thing is to prioritize God. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer and spend time with fellowship. I think I learned so much from just spending time with other Christians, sharing testimonies and growing together. When you're reading the Bible, you really get to understand God's character. And in prayer, you can listen to what he's saying and speak to him and just develop that relationship. Jesus is the solid foundation that we can depend on. He loves you and he 
he will give you strength in your suffering and give you strength in your abundance. I urge you to look to Christ for the strength that you need to keep going. If you're currently struggling with something, we can pray with you too. I know it can be so hard to be content when, when things are hard, but we all need to learn to rely on Jesus and he will give us the strength, all of the strength we could ever need. So I'm just gonna close in prayer before I hand over to Salmon. Lord, I pray for each person in this room that really needs your strength right now in this season. Lord, you know them, you love them, and you have plans for them that they may not even know about now, but remind them of who you are and that they can depend on you. Lord, they can depend on you in their time of struggle and in their time of need. And Lord, I also thank you for those that are currently in a season of plenty, Lord. I just, I, I rem pray that you remind them that their source of contentment should be in you too. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Sorry. Thank you so much, Tara. Thank you so much. Amazing. I'll pass over to Salmon now. Um, yeah, let me... Oh, yeah. Do you want one of these? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, let me just pray for you before you speak, Salman. Um, yeah, Lord, we just thank you so much for these words that you've put on Salman's heart. Or we thank you for what Tara just shared. We just pray that our hearts would still be open to receive what it is that you're saying to us. And bless these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Oh, thank you very much, Tara. That was that was brilliant. Thank you for the word that you share. Um, yes, um, we are talking about generous giving, and this is the last session in book of the um, the book of Philippians, and it has been such an amazing journey so far um, through this book. I don't know about you guys, but I've I've, I've been blessed and. Um, this morning, I have the privilege to share with you the last few verses and um, bring this book to, to the end. Um, and I will be reading chapter 4, um, verse 14 to 23, ESV version. And the scripture should be up on the screen. Right. Um, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered in, into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my need once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increase to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are, who are with me greet you. 
All the saints greet you, especially those who, uh, those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So Paul starts and ends the book of Philippians with thanksgiving. So he starts by thanking, thanking God for the Philippians and for the joy of partnering with um, Philippians in the work of gospel from the first day. And he ends a little by thanking Philippians for sharing his troubles. A um, couple of weeks ago, we had um, a few sessions about money. And here again, um, Paul again reminds us of the significance of us having this partnership in the work of gospel with our finances. How does, how does generosity impact our relationship with each other and with God? I would like to share with you a few points um, regarding giving generously. Our first point is giving generously is entering into partnership in the work of the gospel. So Paul wrote, wrote this letter, as um, Tara mentioned, from the prison. And he just received this gift from Philippians. And he was, even though he was content in whatever the situation was, which wasn't ideal, obviously, he was in prison, he recognized the significance of this gift. Here Paul is acknowledging um, his physical needs and how they need to be met in order for him to, to, to move forward in his ministry. And people in Philippi, the church, um, the Philippians, um, saw his difficulty and they were ready to step up and get involved. He says that yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Or in other translations, um, actually, in, um, when I look at my Bible, there is a footnote here and it says, you can also translate it as fellowship in my troubles. This is a perfect example of fellowship, isn't it? So Paul and Philippians are in this together. They share his difficulty, not just only with words, but also in the action. The Philippians are joining Paul's cause and purpose. And, and Paul's purpose is basically our purpose, isn't it? Is to testify to the gospel of the um, grace of God. And um, Philippians were in partnership with Paul right from the beginning, as Paul states and highlights in the verse 15 that there was, uh, that in the beginning of the, from the beginning of the gospel, you were in partnership with me. And they believed that the church in Philippi, they believed in what God was doing through um, Paul's ministry and the mission of the gospel. And they joined um, Paul in that mission. And not only support him once, but again and again. You can see this reflected through this book all the way. Um, and they are sharing this work of work. They're sharing... Um, in God's work, um, in one spirit, uh, one, one, um, one purpose and one mind. So there is this unity, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, that how important unity is in the church. And um, here we see the example of it in giving generously and partnershiping in the work of the gospel. 
Um, if we look at 2 Corinthians 11 verse 9, Paul tells us as Corinthians um, that, uh, that he was in Corinth saving them. He didn't become a financial burden to them. As the brothers from Macedonia brought him all that he needed. And we know that he's talking about Philippians. So the Philippians know what it means to be part of something much bigger than um, themselves. Um, so how does it apply to us as a church? So we, we know that there is a lot happening in our church. And, um, and it is important um, that um, this, uh, this, this work that is happening in the church, the burden of serving um, community does not just fall in on some, a few people, basically. So lots of stuff are happening in our church, like food bank, like, like community garden, like night sh shelter, and more. And it just um, our generous giving really impacts every single project that we are doing in this church. My second point is giving generously, uh, generously results in joy and make us fruitful. So Paul is not only thinking about, about his needs, but also he's more concerned that um, the Philippians should be blessed. Jesus said, that it is, Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, Many, many years ago, when I, when I first moved to London, um, obviously, when you come to a different country, you, you think of finding a job, and um, it's not as easy. So it's about six months that I was, it was a period of six months that I was applying for jobs, sending my portfolio and my CVs, um, and nothing happened. And um, I used to just spend from my savings. Um, and it was, I was really literally at the bottom of the, of the, um, of the pot. And um, then I, I thought, all oh, right, I'm just, I just have to work um, for cash. So I started working for cash. Time went on. And um, I got a little bit more established and settled down. And after that, I spoke to my friend who was Christian. And I said, yeah, I went through these difficulties. And he was really angry to me. He said, um, well, you didn't let me be blessed by helping you. Well, I didn't know what he means. He meant because I wasn't Christian. I had no idea of the concept of blessing or what is life. But now I totally understand what he meant. Of, uh, I wish I could accept his offer, so he could be blessed. So it is important for us as we give, also be be willing to be vulnerable to receive as well. If we are in trouble, if we need to. Um, the difficulties we just have to share with our fellow um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, guess who doesn't want us to be blessed? Yes, that's that's the enemy. Um, the enemy tries to take this blessing away from us by sowing the seed of this distrust and greed. He wants us to get lost in this um, consumeristic culture. He wants us to draw us away from a meaningful and purpose, purposeful life. Paul explains that giving is an investment, like planting seed. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, he says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap 
sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap um, bountifully. And I also pose lots of financial terms here in, uh, um, in chapter 4, um, Philippians chapter 4, like giving, receiving, credit, and full payment, which are all earthly terms. He wants to get to this point to say that being, giving, being generous, we are actually investing in our heavenly bank accounts. By investing in people, investing in God's kingdom, investing in the poor, you are not only helping them, but also helping yourself. Because you're giving, your giving is your, to your benefit. Which brings me to my next point. Giving generously brings joy to God. So generous giving. Um, I just want to read um, this part um, verse 18, which it says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received um, from Epaphroditus the gift you send, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Um, so generous giving is, is, is an acceptable um, sacrifice. In um, Ephesians 5, 2, Paul writes that, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Here Paul using exactly the same language. So it shows that Philippians gift is somehow, it is something very beautiful, an act of uh, great love. We, re we received salvation, not through our good deed, but by the grace of God through what Jesus done on the cross, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice. We cannot add to something that is already perfect and full. Our sacrifice is one of a thanksgiving and praise. And part of that is generosity in our giving. It is not easy, especially nowadays, with the cost of living is making our finances tighter and tighter um, than ever. And it can be hard to give. It is very tempting just to, just to trust money rather than trusting God in current situation. Also, giving is, a pleasing, is, is pleasing to God. How great it is that we can please God, isn't it? Paul says that the giving generously to God's children, it will in fact please God. God is pleased not by our giving from our giving's sake. That's important to acknowledge, but by the heart behind it. Many non-Christians give, um, but we as Christians give because Jesus has changed our heart. God does not need our giving really, um, as he is complete. But our giving shows how our heart is changed and that reflects God's character and can be used by God. But what is God in all of this? So I'm a little bit, little bit um, aware of um, time, so I'm just going to go a little bit faster. So where is God in all of this? As you give generously, God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This is God's promise. God promised to meet our, all our needs. You must include it, this must include our material needs as well, but not our want. It is important to acknowledge that uh, because it's different, as Tara mentioned. There are many things that we want, but not necessarily what we need. This is God's very nature, a generous, loving Father. This is the central theme of New Testament and the Bible as a whole. 
in verse 19, um, Paul says that um, he's, only, he's only able to be content because he knows that God is his providing father and that he has made him heir to all needs through the gospel of his victorious son. Having the Lord as his shepherd means he will never lack anything that he needs. We see God's generosity supremely in the cross of Jesus. God's generosity exceeding yours in the glory that pulls from Jesus. You can't outgive God. I'm just going to um, bring to the close, uh, to a close, um, but just reminding us again that God wants to remind us that generous is first and foremost for our own gain. God loves generous people, and one, what is sweeter and more rewarding than being in partnership with His gospel? He's also reminded us that we can never outgive God. He is the richest and the most generous. Our giving is a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, in fact, but it is not compared to, to the sacrifice He made for us on the cross. Through His blood, we can find freedom. We are washed clean of our sins and our shame. We are reconciled with our Heavenly Father. This is the richest gift, the biggest giving, the biggest sacrifice. He gave us himself and his presence, his love. Our God is the most generous and we are just trying to follow his example. And we don't need to be worried about our earthly needs either, as he will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He sees your need, he sees your struggle, he cares for you, he loves you, he died for you. We are called to be generous, not just to, to do something, but to reflect that who God is. I'm just going to uh, pray and close. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you that you are such an amazing God. Thank you that you are the most generous. And what you've done on the cross, Lord, is nothing that we can compare to. We cannot be thankful enough for what you have done for us, Lord. Yeah, we just want to have a generous heart, Lord. Whatever we give, come out of our heart. And we just want to be in partnership with you in the gospel, Lord. Yeah, we bring our needs to you, Lord, and we say we just trust you. We don't need to be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own problems. We just have to put our trust in you and we just ask for your help to strengthen us, Lord. So we just stick to this truth, Lord, that we can always trust you in anything and everything. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done on the cross. That's the biggest sacrifice. That's the biggest giving. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And also, I just, I just wanna, just wanna finish. But just say something. Um, if whatever you heard here is something that is new to you, um, that raise questions. You think, or oh, what is this sacrifice? What is this cross that someone is talking about? Or songs that we sang? What is the lamb? If anything that you're hearing here, it's 
raising questions and it's different and it's new for you, I really encourage you to come forward after the service and we would love to speak and speak to you and pray with you. God bless you all. Fantastic. Could I just uh, invite you to stand? We're going to, uh, could the band come back? We're just going to sing something to, uh, to finish. But I, I just, Salmon and Tara, thank you. I think you've just, you've spoken into us about that, that whole sense of being content in every circumstance of life. We just, I just want to pray that it settles on our lives and then learn, you know, to step into this new biblical generosity that reflects God's heart. I thank you so much, guys. I think you have richly fed us this morning. We're so, so grateful. Thank you, O oh God, for just the truth of Scripture. Lord, as we finish this Philippian series, I thank you, O oh God, that, that you love to come in and you change us. I, I pray that, Lord, today you would show us, O oh Lord, uh, where we can be generous in a way that reflects your heart. Real practical generosity, I pray, today show it to us. I pray that by the time we go to bed tonight and put our heads on our pillows, that we would have thought, oh, that's where I need to be generous, to reflect the heart of God. And I pray too that by the time we go to bed tonight, Lord, you have shown us how we can be trusting in you and content with what we have. I pray just show us areas where we just want to consume more and actually you have a better way way for us. You speak a better word over us. Father, thank you. And I pray you'd bless these two guys, Lord, that they have just given out, Lord, and preached the word faithfully. We pray, come and restore them, renew them, give them energy. And likewise, oh God, that we might be changed by what you have spoken over us. Father, thank you. Amen.